Righteous God, Holy King of Heaven, step down. Let your word and your spirit overshadow in this place today. Father, we need eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand what the Spirit is speaking to the church. Let your word go down into our very innermost being and find good ground today. And let it be that the name of Jesus be honored and magnified. Lord, we give you praise for being mindful of us, for allowing your word and the working of your spirit to take hold of our hearts. And Lord, that you would take just a small handful and you would visit us. God, and keep us in the center of your will. And we give you honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. You can go ahead and be seated. I've got a lot of word I want to get to, depending on how the Lord leads me. But, you know, I got to thinking that all the people Jesus ministered to, and he told, he just told 12. Actually, at that time, 11. Go to that upper room and tarry. The others just went. Don't know what they received, but I know the 11 that were the witnesses that he had chosen, they received it right into what under the Spirit of Christ. So, God's got a people that He's preparing. And I'm going to, uh, like I said, i got a lot of things I want to bring out if the Lord will let me go that way. Sometimes I may have a lot of things to bring out, and the Lord will let me get one scripture. But God is revealing Himself. And I tell you, the Lord's really dealt with me this week and talked to me. And I was going back over that prophecy this morning from Fort Payne on the 12th of July. There's a lot of things in there God's putting in action and bringing forward. You know, the Lord told us, He said, the kingdom's coming forward. He said, step into it. Act on it. Let it take hold of your spirit. And just like uh, after the funeral, we were sitting back there eating. And... One of the brothers there at the church, he brought a man back there, and the man had been in my services down around Savannah, and he said this brother here had a small stroke, and said he's lost some of the use of his left hand, said he's dragging his left foot, and said he wants you to pray for him, because I prayed for him for something else a couple of years back, and God had healed him. I just sat there eating, I just stepped up, just reached up and laid my hand on him, and I did the power of God to hit him, that virtue come out of me, and good thing was sitting right there at the table standing right there at the table because that virtue come out of me man I just went weak and I just sat down but the man started working his hand started working his arm started working made completely whole right there just just like ah just like that just God just stepped on the scene and that's where God's taking us in the authority of this kingdom that when it's his time and his purpose he just in us he's got to have vessels He's got to have vessels. People don't understand how late in time that we are right now. There's there been a folk people living in the last days. Peace. So.
I ain't gonna fight that also. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. be a day when God wants to reveal himself the devil ain't going to fight try to mess something up but won't you open your Bibles with me to the book of Joshua the first chapter I tell you the Lord really seemed like all night long the Lord was speaking into my spirit and I'm going to read these a uh, couple of verses Joshua the first chapter uh, verse 1 and I think 2 Now after the death of Moses the servant of the Lord it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua the son of Nun Moses' minister saying Moses my servant is dead now therefore arise go over this Jordan thou and all this people unto the land which I do give to them even to the children of Israel and go with me to the third chapter of the book of Joshua. And I'm uh, going to verse 3. Well, I'll just back up to verse 2. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host. They commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the priests, the Levites, bearing it then you shall remove from your place and go after it yet there should be a space between you and it about two thousand cubits by measure come not near unto it that ye may know the way by which ye must go for ye have not passed this way heretofore Joshua said unto the people sanctify yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Now go to chapter 4 and verse 13. About 40,000 prepared for war passed over before the Lord unto battle to the plains of Jericho. On that day the Lord magnified Joshua in the sight of Israel and they feared him as they feared Moses all the days of his life. Now go with me to the book of Isaiah, the 29th chapter. I feel like the Lord's going to talk to us today. In the 13th verse, everybody there with me? Wherefore the Lord said, For as much as this people draw near me with their mouths and, do, and, their, and with their lips to honor me, but have removed their hearts far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. 
Therefore, behold, I will proceed to do a marvelous work among this people, even a marvelous work and a wonder. For the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hid. Woe unto them that seek deep to hide their counsel from the Lord, and their works are in the dark. And they say, Who seeth us, and who knoweth us? Surely your turning of things upside down shall be esteemed as the potter's clay. For shall the work say of him that made it, He made me not? Or shall the thing formed say of him that formed it, He had no understanding? I'm going to ask the Lord to bless this word. Father, I thank you for your word. God, I ask you to bless it and sanctify it in the hearts of your people. Lord, I need wisdom and understanding to move forward in that that you're revealing. God, knit our hearts together in thy love, in thy mercy, in thy wisdom and understanding. For truly this is the day, Lord, that we're entering into, that our eye hath not seen, neither have our ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that you have prepared for them that love you and wait upon you. Righteous Father, we have waited upon you. God, we have waited upon the leadership of thy spirit. God, I've waited upon the wisdom of your word and the unction of the Holy Ghost. God, to know the timing, to know the season, to know what is right in your sight. Lord, and I feel like you've brought us to a place, God, that you're going to reveal yourself to us in a way that no generation has ever known you. Open our understanding, Father, and let thy name be honored and glorified. And I give you honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, in 1998, and I brought this vision out before, but in 1998, the Lord took me out in a vision, and I saw Joshua standing what looked to be on the banks of Jordan. And the voice of the Lord spoke to him and said, Moses, my servant, is dead. He said, Now, take this people and arise and go over Jordan and possess the land. The land of Cana is a type of the kingdom of God. It's a type of us going forward into the kingdom. When uh, that incident happened that happened Monday, I kept hearing the voice of the Lord speak to me all day long. Moses, my servant is dead. Moses, my servant is dead. Moses, my servant is dead. But in 1998, 19 years ago, be 20 years next year, God had already prepared my spirit for where he wants to take his people. And he said, arise and go forward. It's time right now to arise and go forward because Moses finished his course. I don't care who you are, how great a ministry, how great of anointing, what God uses you for, there comes a time that you finish your course. There comes a time that you've run your race. There comes a time that what God has purposed in your life has come to an end and God 
endeavors uh, brings a ministry forward uh, that he don't have a continuation. Uh, and the Lord spoke to me the other day. Uh, he said, for every Moses, I got a Joshua. Uh, for every Elijah, I got an Elisha. Uh, for every Paul, I've got a Timothy. Uh, so uh, I'm telling you, uh, God showed me uh, that was his servant. Uh, she had brought his people to the kingdom, uh, to a knowledge and understanding. Uh, but to take them into the kingdom, uh, it wasn't her course. Uh, just like it wasn't for Moses uh, to take the children over Jordan to the promised land. Uh, he took Moses up in a mountain, uh, showed him all the lands out there. Uh, and he said, this is the uh, what I showed you. My people uh, are fixing to possess this. I'm showing it to you, uh, but you're not going into it. Uh, he did not allow him. Why? It was not for him to take uh, the children of Israel into the kingdom. Uh, it was not for God's servant uh, to take the children uh, on into the kingdom. Uh, the knowledge of it was revealed and understanding of it was revealed, uh, but it was not the mind of God. Uh, now it's for us to rise uh, and go forward. Uh, God told us back in February and March. You are well able. You are well able. You are well able. You are well able to possess the land. Told my wife, showed her in the spirit. Moses down on his knees praying. Red Sea in front of him. Said, God, show us what to do. He said, why do you cry unto me? Get off your knees. Take that staff. Take what I've equipped you with. Take the word of the Lord that I put in your spirit. Take what I put in you. Stretch that word of God that, that, that I put in your spirit out over that sea. Stretch it out uh, and speak my word uh, and go forward. It's time uh, for the word of God uh, to come alive in us. Uh, my God, we are in the presence uh, of a living God. Uh, the armies of the living God uh, is being revealed. Uh, and God's people want to sit down and back up uh, and get discouraged and go into confusion. Uh, they know confusion in my spirit. Uh, I will go forward uh, and possess the kingdom. God began to deal with me. He showed me Moses had died. And I saw Joshua turn and look at the tabernacle. Pillow of cloud was gone. Moses was gone. The two things that Joshua knew to be God, the voice, that word of Moses, that word of leadership, and the pillow of cloud, both gone. You don't read anywhere else in the word where the pillow of cloud ever appeared again over the tabernacle by day or let them by night. You don't ever see that pillow of fire, that pillow of cloud ever mentioned again. Why? God. God changed course. God changed course. God right now is changing course. And I've been trying to get people ready for this change. I've been trying to minister a word of the kingdom to get them ready to possess. And people have backed up and they rebelled. And they've come against the preaching of the kingdom. They've come against coming out of new good church. They've come against tradition. Of me coming against tradition. They've come against me trying to root them 
out of the doctrines of man and get them ready to go over Jordan. I've told people for years the kingdom hidden for everybody. And people said, well, you can't preach that. Yes, I can and I will. Because this morning as I was reading the book of Joshua, I read where two and a half tribes on this side of Jordan. They didn't go across into the promise. They didn't go into the kingdom. They didn't go in to possess the fullness of God. And people think when you die and you're saved and you go to heaven, you become like Jesus. No, you don't. No, you do not. Eternal life is different than your salvation. Woo. You said it's what? I see eternal life is different than just the saving of the soul. You say, Brother Matter, you said when you die and you're serving God, you're gonna live your soul's gonna live eternally. Yeah. But when you possess this kingdom, you're gonna become like Jesus. All power in heaven and earth. That's what he said. Is that not what Jesus said? He said, All power in heaven and earth is what? Given unto me. Did God not tell us in Romans the 8th chapter that we are heir to God and join heirs with Christ? Hallelujah. I'm not going by the grave to get this. If God tarries, are you hear me? I'm going to be changed in a moment of the twinkling of an eye. This corruptible is going to put on incorruption. This mortal is going to put on immortality. When's it going to happen at the sound of the last trump? I keep seeing this all over Facebook that these trumpets are fixing the sound. Those trumps ain't literal trumpets. You ain't going to hear no sound in the heavens. Those seven last trumpets God told me in 98, those are seven anointings that are fixing to step on the scene. And with every anointing, the word's going to get straighter and the judgment's going to get stronger. For God told me by the time the seventh trumpet blows that that uh, the mystery of God should be finished uh, and the mystery of God is Christ in you uh, the hope of glory uh, by the time that seventh trumpet blows uh, somebody's going to come forth uh, in a perfected faith in the fullness of Christ uh, and the judgment of God uh, is going to be unloosed on this earth without measure hallelujah people stuck their feet in the mud and rebelled wouldn't listen God told me in 1998, he told me, he said, there's coming a greater anointing than what was in Moses. You cannot have the former house and the latter house and one be not be greater than the other. The word plainly tells us the glory of the latter house shall be greater than that of the former. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? The glory of the latter house shall be greater than that of the former the latter rain is going to be greater than the former rain and people just think it's going to be it's going to be the same you got people that believe that Jesus is no different after his resurrection than he was before his resurrection well you explain one scripture to me then Ephesians 1 and 20 says what he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead that means there was a work done in the Christ when he raised 
raised him from the dead. And then he's sitting far above all principalities, powers that was in heaven, in earth, or in hell. He gave him total victory and dominion. Before Jesus was resurrected, he did not have the keys of hell and death. But he did when he resurrected. He had told them a handshake or Oh, he had total dominion uh, over death and hell. Uh, hallelujah, you hearing me? Uh, my God, uh, what does the Bible tell us? The last enemy that shall be destroyed uh, is what? Death. Uh, spiritual death is going to have no power uh, on us uh, when we come into this. Uh, the devil's going to have no power. Uh, are y'all listening to me today? Uh, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Uh, the kingdom of heaven is at the door. Uh, and uh, am I hurting in my heart? Uh, because I've lost my good friend. I've lost my fellow servant in the Lord. I've lost somebody that blazed the trail of the kingdom of God in people's lives. You better believe it. But I'm excited because God is moving forward. God is moving his people forward into the 40 we never walked in. And the Lord told me in 1998, he said, there was a greater anointing that I put in Joshua than I had in Moses. And I said, now wait a minute, God. I said, you're going to have to explain that one. The Lord said, when Moses took his staff and he stood up there before Pharaoh and he called for the plagues on Egypt, he said, how long did it take for him to come. I said, sometimes a day, sometimes two days. He said, when he raised his staff and told the frogs and everything to leave Egypt, I, he said, how long did it take? I said, sometimes a day, sometimes two. He said, when Joshua looked up and spoke to the sun, he said, how long did it take it to stand still? I said, immediately. He said, when Moses stretched his rod out over the Red Sea, he said, how long did it take the waters to part? I said, the word says that the east wind blew all night long. And when they woke up in the morning, there was a way made through the Red Sea. I, it, so it took all night for the Red Sea to part. He said, when Joshua told the priest to put the Ark of the Covenant on their shoulders and step down in the brinks of Jordan and said the time their soul hit the, uh, the brink of the waters said the water rolled back and stood up in a heap uh, from the way it was flowing and he said the ground dried up immediately uh, he said how long did it take I said instantly uh, instantly instantly the sun and the moon stood still uh, are y'all hearing me uh, so that means there was a greater anointing uh, in Joshua uh, than there was in Moses uh, we fixed we fix it to enter in uh, to a greater anointing than the world has ever seen. Uh, and I will tell you this, if I be a servant of the Lord, uh, sin's coming out of the camp. Uh, sin's coming out of the ministry. Uh, sin's coming out. Uh, God is either going to purge it or he's going to move the vessel uh, that is in. Uh, when they crossed, uh, you hear me, when they crossed over Jordan uh, and went in, I believe it was to Jericho, uh, Joshua told them, said, you don't touch nothing unclean. You don't take their wealth. You don't take none of their riches. And there was a man named Achan that took a Babylonian garment, and I believe it's either a wedge of silver and gold, took and hid it under the tent floor. And by God, God's people could start getting defeated. They start getting whipped in battle. And Joshua went and fell on his face and sought the Lord, and the Lord said, stand up. 
on your feet. Said somebody's polluted the camp. Somebody's polluted Israel. There's an accursed thing in the camp. Go get it out. Go get it out. Joshua started praying and him and the children of Israel started praying and God revealed that accursed thing. God revealed who had done it. They brought the man before the leaders of Israel and he said, what is it you've done? He told them, he said, I hit a, I can't remember where there's a wedge of silver or gold and a, and, and a very nice Babylonian garment said I hid it under the floor of my tent. They made him go dig it up and bring it to him. And they said, because you have disobeyed the Lord and you have put your hand to the accursed thing. He said, he said, God is going to take you, your family, everything that pertains to you. And they took him down to the valley and they stoned everything that pertained to him. Till it died. We're going to get sin. God's going to get sin out of the camp. You ain't going to do it. But we're going to pray for righteousness. We're going to pray for holiness. We're going to pray God get preachers out of the pulpit that's living unclean and unholy. Pastors that are letting preachers that they know are living unclean. Letting people get up and sing and testify that their life ain't right. My God, how long is it going to take people to realize uh, when you let somebody get up and minister to people or sing or testify uh, and they got wrong spirits in them, them spirits go out to the congregation uh, and it can latch on a weak vessel. Uh, it can latch on to somebody uh, that's not strong in the Lord and destroy them. Uh, and that blood will be held at your hands. Uh, God ain't going to allow this. Uh, he's cleaning the camp. Uh, he's getting sent out of the camp. Uh, God gave me a vision or a dream. I can't remember now back in 1994 uh, and he showed me sin in the camp uh, he said there's sin in the ministry from the bottom uh, to the top walk away uh, I walked away from it uh, got persecuted got blackballed uh, got my name cast out as evil uh, and all I've done was preach against adultery and fornication uh, and uncleanness uh, and I've been doing it ever since and I'm going to keep doing it uh, this is God's kingdom uh, and it's holy and it's clean uh, and it will not be defiled I command the Spirit of God to deal with sin in the camp. Hallelujah. Nineteen years ago, God showed me this very incident was going to happen. And you know what He told me? He said, The word and the anointing that brought you to the kingdom is not enough to take you into the kingdom. God only reveals so much to different vessels. If there hadn't been a need for a Joshua, there wouldn't have been one. If there hadn't been a need for an Elisha, Elijah would have carried on. But Elisha came in a double portion. Are you hearing me? What people got right now ain't enough. It ain't enough. The Word of God ain't enough. The revelation of the Word ain't enough. And the anointing ain't enough. I've seen a greater anointing that was in Moses, got in Joshua. There was a double portion that was in Elijah, fell in Elisha. 
Are y'all with me today? God has set a ministry in the earth to bring people forward so that they can possess this kingdom. Go back and listen to the prophecy. God spoke on July the 12th. He told us we're stepping into this kingdom. That the latter rain was going to begin to fall and gave signs. And God's already bringing them to pass these rains that have started raining and just in, just in a, a few hours. The brother that was in my meeting right after I spoke that, he sent me a picture the other day, two different times in Birmingham. Around Birmingham in the last six days, there'd been water up to the calves and the knees. Two different days, God done it. And that system just sat there and poured down rain and poured down rain and poured down rain and poured down rain. And I told y'all about that wall of water that hit out there in Arizona. God said the word, the rains would go five, six, and seven feet in just minutes. And in a six foot wall of water, 40 foot wide, swept down on them people in about 15 minutes. And you tell me, God ain't backing up his word. God's confirming his word. He said, I will confirm. My word was signs following. But you gotta preach the truth. God's fixing to expose this spirit of evil. God's fixing to expose the spirit of miracles that's working by witchcraft and devils. There's devils in revelations that there was unclean spirits and devils of miracles that was not the hand of God in revelation. Unclean spirits come out of frogs and they done miracles. God's going to expose it by the spirit holy beyond I command God to take the cover off these preachers. I command God to expose them in the name of Jesus, Holy Ghost. You hear my word. I give you direction. You deal with sin. And you expose these preachers that works by the spirit of witchcraft like Simeon did in Samaria. You expose them. You expose them. And you take the cover off of them. In Jesus' name. Tired of this perversion. Tired of sin in the camp. Tired of fighting and praying and seeking God. And then preachers come in and work by unclean spirits and turn the attentions of the people away from God. I'll tell y'all something. I've told y'all that story. Somebody reminded me of it down there and we was down at Sister Daniel's funeral. They said, y'all remember the story of the the cow, the chicken, and the pig? I said, yeah. I said, they started talking about fixing breakfast for the farmer. And the cow said, well, I'll give some milk. The chicken said, well, I'll give some eggs. And they said, well, we need some ham or bacon. And they looked at the hog. And the hog said, look, all y'all want to do is make a sacrifice. He said, y'all asking for me to make a commitment. Because it's going to cost him. This gospel's cost me everything. I don't have nothing to go back to. I don't have nothing to turn around to. I've lost everything in the natural. Are you hearing me? I've given up everything in the natural to stand and preach. My name is a reproach among a lot of people because of the way I've stood against evil and ungodliness and unholiness and I've turned my back on everything in the natural to preach this holy gospel. But now God's coming through for us. God's coming through for this kingdom. God's coming through by the power of His Spirit. And this is the turning. God spoke in that word in 14 on the 12th of July. He said this is the turning of things upside down.
word in Isaiah 29. Y'all listen to me. The Lord said, For as much as his people draw near to me with their mouths. Are people not serving God with their mouths now? People ain't serving God with their heart. They serving God with their mouths. They'll go in church standing and sing and clap and shout and talk in tongues. Their hearts ain't nowhere near God. People sit through whole church services and, and, and they'll raise their hands and they'll, they'll praise God and they'll clap. And their minds and their hearts are somewhere else thinking about things they got to do. They, they're, they ain't no more involved in what God's doing. Why? Their hearts is far from God. But God said because of this, He said, I'll proceed to do a marvelous work and a wonder. I'm going to reach out there and get a people that's going to serve me. I'm going to reach out there and draw a people. Jesus told him in, in one of his gospels, he said, he said, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he said, I'll reach out there in the streets. He said, I'll get the harlots. I'll get the publicans. I'll get those that are unclean. He said, I'll sanctify them. I'll wash them. I'll clean them up. And they're going to come in this kingdom for some of you. They're going to come in this kingdom. I'm going to use them. And I told people in Alabama before I left down there three years ago, two years ago, however long it's been, I said, you're going to be sitting here in this church. And I said, people going to come in off the street. God's going to save them. God's going to sanctify them. God's going to wash them in His blood. God's going to make them clean. And because they had so much sin, they're going to love much. And God's going to start using them. And you're going to look at them and say, well, what about me, Lord? You're going to be like a prodigal son. You're going to be like that son that got out there and run off and all uh, his father's inheritance uh, and lived with harlots and wasted the living and he going to come back uh, and he going to fall on his father's neck and weep and beg forgiveness. Uh, and that older son, uh, he going he to lift himself up in pride and say, well, what about me? I've been here all the time and you ain't never done this for me. He said, you never asked for it. You never put your hand to it. It's there all the time. Uh, you had it right here all the time. Uh, and God's going to begin to use people that uh, love much, have been forgiven much. Uh, and because they love much, they're going to seek God much. They're going to seek. Uh, hallelujah. And this kingdom's going to be revealed in them. Uh, and God's going to start using them to heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils, uh, prophesy the word of the Lord. Uh, and people sitting there in stiff-necked, uh, haughty, self-righteous spirits uh, say, well, God never used me like that. You wouldn't let him. You wouldn't listen when God told you you didn't have it. You wouldn't listen when God told you that you had to become a new wineskin. You thought you was a new wineskin. Wouldn't listen to the word of the Lord. You can't lift yourself up and exalt yourself and think you've already got what God is bringing forth. I've told people time and time again, if you think you got it, you'll never seek for it. You've got to seek for this. God told us, He said, I've conditioned you and I've positioned you. Didn't matter what kind of condition them apostles had. If they wasn't led by the Spirit of God and in that upper room on dead Pentecost, they would have never received. They wouldn't have never received. Look how many people didn't receive. The thousands, thousands. I don't know how many people knew about that upper room, but I know 120 went up there. I know the 11 apostles and the one they chose, Matthias the 12th. I know God raised him up to be a witness. 
He said, I've chosen y'all to be witnesses. They come out with power. They come out with authority. They come out with dominion. They come out with the word of the Lord in their bones. I don't know what them others come out with. I know they received something, but I know them 11 come out. Why? They were chosen vessels. They followed the mind. They followed the wisdom. They followed the will of God. They done what Jesus told them, and they possessed a measure of the kingdom of God. And when they come out, the Bible said they love not their lives to death. People ain't got that spirit now. People ain't got the spirit they love not their lives on. Oh, I got the same thing that they got on day of Pentecost, Brother Metter. No, you didn't. Because you wasn't in that dispensation. Do I have something? Yeah, I've got something. But I don't have what they had. But I'm fixing to get it. I'm fixing to get it. Why? Former rains fix start falling again. The rains fix start falling. The latter rains fix start falling. He said, I'll send down for you the rain, the former and the latter rain in the first month. God spoke to me uh, better than a year ago and told me we headed into a new beginning. <laughs> that that first month was not the first month literally, but it was a sign of a new beginning. We have entered into a new beginning. God told us we had. Now what we got to do is shake off the doubt, shake off the unbelief, shake all this stuff off and step into what God said we got. There's a working of the Spirit of God right now. There's a working of the Spirit of God. I mean, you tell me how you can be sitting in one minute and stand up and the Spirit of God hits you and man gets healed of a stroke the next. God didn't need no setup. He didn't need a song service. He didn't need somebody to exhort about faith in God. The Spirit of God just fell on me. Why? Because I'm subject to it. I'm yielded to it. My mind is constantly stayed upon the Lord. Just almost constantly now my mind is stayed upon the Lord and my thoughts are about the, the Word that He's revealing or something He's telling me in the Spirit. You can be around me and not even know God's dealing with me until the Spirit of God hits me. And I remember we was over in Alabama the day the Lord spoke in that prophecy and we was coming up the mountain I was driving the Spirit of God hit me and I screamed. My God, I screamed and the power of God hit me and I just about climbed over the steering wheel. I was driving and Brother Justin, my wife in the car, man, I screamed and hollered. I scared them to death. But I couldn't help it. That thing hit me and it had to come out. I heard a man say one time, you get one of them in you and you don't let it out, it'll hurt you. So I didn't want it to hurt me, so I let it out. <laughs> they might have scared them to death, but I sure didn't want it to hurt me. Hallelujah. But God's trying to tell us. We've entered into a working of the Spirit of God. We've entered into a revealing of the kingdom. Go with me to Habakkuk, the first chapter. And that's after the book of Nahum. And that's in the Old Testament. It's right before Zephaniah. I think it's Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and then Malachi. I believe that's the way it goes. Verse 5 of Habakkuk, the first chapter. Behold ye among the heathen in regard and wonder marvelously. For I will work a work in your days which ye will not believe, though it be told you. See, there's an act of God that's now coming forth. People ain't going to believe what God's doing. Somebody going to go tell them, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. 
We had a move of God hit the church in Fort Payne back in 2008. Man, people started coming. God started working miracles, saving souls. And the word started getting out how God was moving. And there was a minister that I've known since the 70s. And when they was told what God was doing, you know what they told the person? I don't believe that. You know what they done? They come see for themselves. And they saw what God was doing. And they had to repent. Because they said, I don't believe it. What God say? I'll begin to do a marvelous work and a wonder that you ain't going to believe it. God was told you. And what you going to do if you're sitting in a restaurant and somebody comes up with a stroke and you lay hands on them, God heals them right there and people see the evidence. Blind eyes, deaf ears, dumb tongues. God told me these people that got all these twisted limbs, these what I call paraplegics in these wheelchairs. He said, there's miracles can be faked. He said, you ain't going to fake them twisted limbs when they start straightening out. You ain't going to fake them cut off limbs. I remember in the uh, spring of 83, my wife's grandmother was laying at the point of death. And I think about 2 o'clock in the morning, they come woke me up, and I went in there and prayed for her and beat death off of her. And she did go on and die sometime in May of 83, I believe. And But I went back and laid down, and I went into a dream. And in the dream, I was on somewhere on a mission field. There was people standing just as far as the eye could see. There was a tent up that probably seat several thousand. But there wasn't nobody seated. Everybody was standing. And just as far as the eye could see, I won that tent. Just a crowd of people. And in that dream, it wasn't me, but there was somebody else praying for the sick. And I was standing right there behind them. And man, this lady, she ran to the corner of the prayer room, starting to pray, and I seen her. She's on crutches. That ankle was cut off right there at the ankle bone one in foot she come up there they took a chair and set her down took her crutches and I seen that man take that nub of that ankle bone put it right here on his leg and I walked right up behind him brother and I leaned over his shoulder I said if God's going to do this I'm going to see this and I leaned right over his shoulder and leaned way out and that nub was in plain sight he started praying Asking God to do a creative miracle, and when He did, it like y'all remember these little needles you used to blow bas- basketballs up with and footballs. It like somebody stuck a little needle up under that nub in that skin, and as He prayed, that thing started swelling. It like somebody blowing up a balloon. It got about as big as both my fists put together, and a foot unfolded right on the end of that ankle bone. I'm talking about about 30, 45 seconds, no more. Foot unfolded right on the end of that ankle bone and I looked down at that and I rubbed my eyes I said, my God, I've seen it. I know what I've seen. I said, but I still don't believe it. I said, but i got to believe it. So it happened. And when them people saw that, just as far as the eye could see, there wasn't no more prayer line. They stormed the platform started climbing over one another like the Bible said in Jesus' day they trod one upon another just trying to get him to touch him for a miracle this thing is breaking this thing is breaking the kingdom of God is being revealed and it's going to be in, revealed in those that have labored for it prayed for it waited sought for it believed the preaching of the word the kingdom of heaven is being revealed it's being revealed the kingdom of heaven ain't up there 
The kingdom of heaven's in here. It's in here. It's in here. Everybody think heaven, the kingdom of heaven, the same thing. No, the kingdom of heaven's in here. I said it's in here. Are y'all hearing me? When Paul got this revelation, revelation he wrote in Galatians the second chapter he talked about how he went up to Jerusalem after three years after he sought God dwelt with Peter saw James the Lord's brother other than that he didn't really dwell he didn't really but then in Galatians 2 it says and after 14 years I went up again to Jerusalem by revelation I believe it's 2 Corinthians 12 I looked it up the other day and Paul starts out in 2 Corinthians 12, I believe it is, said, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago who was caught up to the third heaven, to the paradise of God. So what God showed Paul in that revelation, he went up by the spirit of revelation to Jerusalem to reveal it to the church. Are y'all hearing me? God is revealing Himself. There is a church of the living God. There is a church of the living God that is being prepared. When Joshua got ready to take the children of Israel across Jordan, he went through the camp and said, Sanctify yourselves. Clean yourselves up. Pack your food. Pack your victuals. Get your garments washed. Get them ready. He said, Because in three days, the Lord's going to work miracles among you. God's fixing to work miracles among us, children. Are you hearing me? God is working miracles among us, and He wants somebody dare to believe God. He wants somebody to take Him in His Word. He wants somebody to take this faith step out. Hallelujah. And believe this is the time of the turning of things upside down. God spoke in that prophecy on July the 12th, said, This is the turning of things upside down. And He said, I will proceed to do a marvelous work and a wonder. But you know what you got in the midst of all of it? You got people trying to hide their sins from God. You got people trying to hide their counsel. The Bible says, Woe be unto them that seek deep to hide their counsel from the Lord and say, Well, God, don't see what I'm doing. Oh, yeah, he does. Oh, yeah, he does. Oh, yeah, he does. God sees exactly what you're doing. God sees your rebellion. God sees your wickedness. God sees your hard-heartedness. God sees that spirit of robbing God. God sees everything. And you can't seek deep to hide your counsel from the Lord. God knows the purpose of your heart. The Bible said there's a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof is what? The ways of death. I just had somebody write to me the other day and tell me there's a new doctrine going through the church now. Just follow your heart. They're telling people, just follow your heart. Do whatever you feel when it comes to serving God. You're talking about a doctrine that sends you to hell. You're talking about a doctrine that will damn you. Because Jeremiah spoke and he said, The heart is exceedingly deceitful and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The heart is the spirit of man. That's the carnal mind. And you think your carnal mind's going to lead you into things of God? A whole teaching is totally against Scripture. But it's going to take hold of people. You know why? It pleases their flesh. It pleases their flesh. I'm telling y'all right now, there's a separation. There's a separation being brought about the things of God. Go meet a Malachi. There's a separation. People, everybody ain't going in this kingdom. Everybody ain't going to fight for this kingdom. 
There's some got evil surmisings and evil intentions. And they think that God's going to let them get by what they're doing. Oh, no. Now, God, God will discern the thoughts of your heart. And you know, I'm so amazed at people that they get around me. They don't think my discernment works. Let me tell you something. Spirit of God moves on me. I can tell you what you're thinking. I can look down in your heart. I can look down in your spirit. I can tell you what your heart is purposing. Y'all hearing me? Go with me to Malachi chapter 3. I got the Spirit of Christ in me, but it'll discern the thoughts and intents of your heart. If the Lord wants me to see them. I discern a lot of things people wish I hadn't discerned. So don't get around me and think you're going to hide something from the Lord. Malachi 3, verse 16. Then they that feared the Lord spake oft one to another. And the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts. The day when I make up my jewels, and I will spare them. Y'all see that right there? The day that God makes up his jewels. Everybody wants to talk about this holy city, got all this jewels in it. It's going to come down out of Jerusalem, going to come down out of heaven, the new Jerusalem. This is that people God's making up. This day he makes up his jewels. You ain't going to have no natural city coming down out of heaven. The Bible says it's a bride adorned for his husband. The Lord said, in The day that I make up my jewels, what's that city made out of? Jewels. Jewels. Boy, I felt that one. Catching no religious spirit. <laughs> the day when I make up my jewels and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Then shall ye return and discern between the righteous and the wicked between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. God knows. He's separating. He's separating. The people that had a heart to serve God, the people that don't want to serve God. They just in this for fame and fortune and glory. I'm telling you, God's purging the ministry. God's purging out ministers that are in it for fame and fortune and glory and being lifted up in the eyes of the people. Now, God's going to get this glory. The Lamb of God's going to get this glory. There ain't nothing you're going to do that's going to bring you glory because the glory's going to be to the Lamb. Are y'all hearing me? He said, I'm making a difference. I'm dividing. Did he not? And, and everybody wants to put this at the end of time. But in Matthew 25, Jesus separated the sheep from the goats. He separated the sheep from the goats. He said, the goats on the left hand, sheep on the right hand. He turned around those that were set on his right hand. He said, now, enter thou into the kingdom that was prepared for thee from the foundation of the world. That ain't the end of time. That ain't the end of time. That's when those that have done right are going to possess the kingdom of God. Amen. But he's dividing right now. Goat's going on one side, sheep going on the other. Why? He's revealing the kingdom. There's a greater knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, and the way into the kingdom is being revealed. Peter wrote, and he said, There shall be an entrance ministered unto you abundantly. 
into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and of His Christ. I think it's in the first chapter of 1 Peter. See if you can find it, Lisa. It's either in, uh, look in 1 Peter, 1st chapter, around the 11th or 12th verse. And see if that ain't where it is. But see, there's been a separation. When Moses coming down out of the mountaintop had the commandments of the Lord written by the very finger of God in them stones, and Moses stood there and he started down out of the camp and he said, there's a noise in the camp. And Joshua said, sounded like a noise of war to me. He said, no, it ain't the noise of war. He said, the noise of them that sat down to eat or drink rook up, rose up to play. He said, there's fornication. Adultery was going on. Moses walked down this, dancing around that calf, laying up for one another, committing open fornication and adultery. And Moses threw them commandments down. Second Peter, first chapter. Okay, read it. Got it pretty close for an entrance. That means a door that you can enter into the kingdom. He said it shall be ministered unto you abundantly. Abundantly. That everlasting kingdom of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. is now the way. We've had the knowledge of the kingdom. We know what it is. But now we're going to possess it. Now we're going to possess it. Daniel 7 gives a scripture. It says, And the saints of the Most High shall possess the kingdom forever and ever and ever. The church is preached all this up in heaven. All this up in heaven. Now, right here, we're going to be made kings and priests. There's a chosen generation. There's a holy nation. There's a royal priesthood. There's a peculiar people. Those that ain't going to be conformed to this world are going to be transformed by the renewing of their minds. Amen. Those that ain't going to go after the lust of the flesh by the deceitfulness and the lust, but they're going to be renewed in the spirit of their minds. God has brought us to a separation. You hear what I'm saying? God has brought us to our separation. I don't know how many people are going to possess this kingdom, but I can tell you this. God's fixing to bring in people that's going to do it. He's going to bring them in off the street. He's going to bring them in off the street. He's going to bring them in off the street. Hallelujah. You know why? The Lord's going to save them. He's going to deliver them. He's going to set them free. And they're going to know that He loves them because He's done this. And with much love, they're going to pursue their heart to serve Him. Jesus said to him, Much is forgiven. He loveth much. Amen. He loveth much. There's a revealing. But there's a separate. Acts 13th chapter. I'm going to read this and I'm fixing to bring this word to a close. To me, this is a timely word. This is a word spoken in season. This is a word that's necessary. People need to hear this. Because a lot of people are disillusioned today. A lot of people are upset, discouraged. I'm not discouraged. Is my heart heavy? Yeah. Because I lost somebody I loved. I lost somebody that was a mentor, a counselor. That we had a lot of love and respect for each other. man told me the other day, he said, Brother Matter, I'm going to tell you something. He said, that woman loved you. He said, she had confidence in you too. 
I said, well, the feeling's mutual. I said, because I never had a natural conversation with her. Everything was about the kingdom. Everything was about what God's doing in the spirit. Everything was about the word of the Lord being revealed. Everything was about what God's doing for his people. I never had a conversation about the weather or a garden. or I never had a natural conversation. Everything I talked to her about was the things of God. He said, well, how you do that? Depends on where your mind is. Depends on where you man whose mind is stayed upon the Lord will keep him in perfect peace. Why? Because he trusts in him. I'm coming to the place to keep my mind upon the Lord. Because if I didn't, some of these pressures would drive me crazy. But I've learned to lean on the Lord and keep my mind on the Lord. Everything we need naturally, spiritually, financially, physically, God starts providing it. Why? You trust in him. You trust in him. You trust in Him. God's working a great faith. God's working a great revealing. But this is in Acts 13, and I'm going to go to verse 40. This is Paul speaking. Beware, therefore, lest that come upon you which is spoken of in the prophets. Behold, ye despisers and wonder and perish. For I work a work in your days, a work which ye shall not which ye shall in no wise believe, though a man declare it unto you. When the Jews were gone out of the synagogue, the Gentiles besought that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. There are people out there looking for something. And people that are serving God don't want it. Somebody's going to want it. Paul spoke this to the Jews in whatever city he was in. I don't remember whether it was Lystra, whether it was Derba. I can't remember where he was. But Paul spoke it to these people. They didn't really receive. And so some Jews come up to him. Said, would you speak these words to us the next Sabbath day? If we gather, will you come preach to us? I had a man walk up to me at the funeral that I hadn't seen in 34 years. He said, do you remember me? I said, your voice sounds familiar in your face, but I can't place your name. He said, I'm brother so-and-so. He said, I pastored the church in Millen when you come preached in January of 1992 or 3. I mean, 83. He said, in that meeting, he said, I watched you sit a little bow-legged boy down in a chair, five years old, and said you took hold of his ankles and said you just popped one of them on the chair and it went instantly straight. And he said, and another one, he said it started straightening out while you had its hands on it. I said, what about sister come down the aisle dragging that leg, had that short leg in that car wreck? He said, oh yeah. He said, I forgot about that. He said, you remember that? I said, yeah, I remember that. I said, I remember her name. Told him his name. He said, yeah, she went on to be with the Lord. I said, God healed her that night. He said, didn't it? But a bunch of other miracles. I said, that was the night that my baby lay at the point of death. She'd quit eating, quit drinking. She was at the point of death and it took her after all the miracles. I prayed her in my arms, prayed for her. My wife took her out the side door of the church. Our travel trailer was parked right there. Fed her about 15, 20 minutes. She busted through the door screaming. Said she ate a jar and a half of baby food and drank a bottle and a half of formula. And before that, she just lay limp. Just lay limp. But I heard the voice of the Lord that morning speak audible right there. Thy faith will make thee whole. Who did she cross, Heard that audible voice. 
1984 might have been 84 but I remember in 1984 God spoke all to me four times about faith that's why I could preach faith the way I did I could preach faith there was a revelation of a faith come alive in my spirit and I could preach faith man I could set your soul on fire with faith if you had any knowledge of God at all I could absolutely burn you up and you'd get so excited you'd dare to believe God that's why God had worked in miracles under the tents because man something inside me inspired people there's something inside me now that's going to inspire people to possess this kingdom that's why God changed me and started changing me took me off the evangelistic field and I'm going to tell you he did it's like a miracle stopped there wasn't very many people having out miracles out there as it was but buddy when I come off the field and God started changing my preaching and then in 20, 2006 started teaching me about the power of the resurrected Christ and it took me on into this kingdom I've been preaching this since 2006 I've been preaching this for 11 years about the kingdom and the power of the resurrected Christ taking its abode in us. People's backed up. They backed away. They've heard me preach things they didn't understand in their carnal fleshly mind. They fought against it. That's all right. The harlots and publicans are now going to possess the kingdom of God. God's separating. God's separating. Y'all hear what I'm telling you? God's separating. God's separating. Hallelujah. Now when the congregation, verse 43, now when the congregation was broken up, many of the Jews and religious proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who spake to them, persuading them to continue into the grace of God. And the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. Oh, you're going to have some church folks reject you. But then God's going to turn around and draw the heathen. Draw the heathen. I've been telling people for several years where the Lord's fixing to go to the heathen. Have I not? Have I not been telling y'all that the, uh, God spoke uh, God spoke in me in November of 2014? What was it, the 9th? 9th of November, see, he's taking the kingdom of God from the church world. He's going to turn to the Gentiles. When you reject the word of the kingdom, and you go on just preaching religion, rejected the mind and the word and the will of God the word of the Lord and the mind of God this time is his people possess the kingdom you ain't going to enter into it possess it you're going to go off in error you're going to go off in error you're going to get sidetracked and the Jews when they saw the Gentiles turn out they got jealous they got mad verse 45 but when the Jews saw the multitudes they were filled with envy and spake against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said it was necessary that the word of God should have been spoken, should at first have been spoken unto you. See, God visits the church first. The church don't want it. When I went to Alabama a couple of three weeks ago, walked in that church that night, that there's I've seen it full. Wasn't but a handful of people in there. And I looked around and the Lord spoke to me. He said, there's people who didn't come because they didn't want to hear what you had to say. You know why? I come against their doctrines. I come against their traditions. I'm preaching the kingdom. They don't want to receive it. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to walk in it. So they figured they'd be better off to stay home. Let them stay home. God separate. God separate. 
Somebody going to receive this kingdom. Somebody going to walk in this. Somebody going to understand the revelation of this word and the authority and the dominion and power of the word of God. And Paul said it was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken unto you. But see it, but seeing you have put it from you and you judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou shouldest be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. When the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord, and as many as were ordained to eternal life. believe. See, God had some people there ordained to eternal life. He didn't have some people there. He probably had some people there to get saved too, because it says in Acts second chapter, such as should be saved were added to the church. There are people going to be saved. There's people going to inherit and walk into eternal life. Big difference. Big difference. I remember my daddy tried to tell me years ago. He said, son, I'm going to tell you something. He said, there's a difference between dying and going to heaven and eternal life. And I just kind of said, all right, daddy. I ain't paying no mind. Until God started dealing with me about it. When you inherit eternal life, you become like Jesus. You don't die saved and go to heaven and become like Jesus. Your soul may live eternal. But you don't enter. When you get eternal life, you get it right here. You get that authority, dominion, power with God. And that's why Paul said in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, he said, we shall not all sleep. He said, but we shall all be changed. The sound of the last trump. Last trump is not a literal trumpet. It's when the fullness of God, the resurrected power of Christ in the fullness comes into you and you're changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. You know why you're going to be changed? flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God that's the reason Jesus couldn't have the fullness of him he walked on this earth as a man he couldn't have the fullness of God in him because that's the kingdom flesh and blood can't inherit there had to be a change that's the reason when the Lord resurrected him he changed him y'all hear me he changed him how many of y'all believe Jesus was born with a soul believe he was born with a soul the Bible said he did he walked on Peter, James, and John in the garden and the disciples. He said, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Is that not what he said? But then in Isaiah 53 and 10, it said, when the Lord shall make thy soul an offering for sin. So he had a soul. He was born just like me and you. I get so tired of having to battle this doctrine of impeccability that everybody believes. Oh, he was 100% man, but he was 100% God. He was 100% man and could have sinned, but because he was 100% God, he couldn't sin. Now, how dumb is that? Well, now he could have sinned, but because the fullness of God lived in him, he couldn't sin. You can't have it both ways. No, he was a man like me and you. He was made of the seed of David. Romans 1 3 says, according to the flesh, like me and you. But when he was resurrected, the Lord made him a quickening spirit. That's the reason it says the first man Adam was made a living soul, the second man Adam was a quickening spirit. Soul can be tempted. Spirit man and a, and a human can be tempted. Quickening spirit can't be tempted. Hallelujah. The Lord's taking us somewhere if we want to go. He's taking us somewhere if we want to go. Hallelujah. It says, And the word of the Lord was published 
throughout all the region. We're in a day of a visitation. We're in a day that God is fulfilling a vision He gave me 19 years ago. Because the Word that brought you to the knowledge of the kingdom ain't enough to take you into the kingdom for you to possess it. Now something's changing. Leadership's changing. There's no reflection on anybody that know Paul finished his course. He'd done everything God told him to. There's a coming time God took him off scene. Moses done everything God commanded him to. He took him off the scene. Amen. Elijah. My God, if he didn't fulfill the will of God, then what that uh, horses of chariots of fire come down and scoop him up take him to heaven for? He fulfilled his course. Because ten years before he fulfilled his course, he was walking by a field and there was a man over plowing with twelve yoke of oxen. The Lord spoke to him and said, That's Elisha, the son of Shaphat. Go over and anoint him to be prophet in your room. I just want to work through his mantle on him. And he did. The Spirit of God got over Elisha. Elisha run him down. Elijah just looked at him and said, I ain't got nothing to do with you. Go on, leave me alone, man. I ain't got one thing to do with you. Elisha went and took a yoke of them oxen. Took the wood off the plows and stuff. Offered up a burnt offering unto God and then took off after Elijah. You know, if that man was playing with 12 yoke oxen, he had some money. He had some equipment. He was well to do. When the Spirit of the Lord fell on him off that mantle, he left everything, forsook it all. Went after the kingdom. I'm after the kingdom. I'm after the kingdom. People don't understand. They criticize. They find fault. I'm after the kingdom. I'm kingdom minded. Kingdom minded. God lets me stay here. I will possess the kingdom of God right here. I'm going to possess it. It's going to live in me. The authority and dominion of it. We're going to be persecuted. We're going to be lied on, talked about, our names cast out as evil. But we're going to possess it. Appreciate the Lord today. I'm telling you, there's separation. Separation. God took me through a separation in 94. God took me through a separation in 2010. Wasn't as big as 194. Still, He took me through a separation. You know what God's doing? Purging all, all this religion. All this junk. He's told us preachers are operating by unclean spirits. Read about the spirit of miracles in Revelation. They're in the earth right now. That's how all these preachers ain't doing nothing. Still don't have miracles. It's false spirit, false anointing. People don't actually get it. It deceives the people and they think they get something from God. It's an illusion. It's like a magician. I won't watch a magician anymore. I won't watch one thing that has to do with a magician. I won't watch one thing that has to do with witchcraft. You can call it good witch, bad witch, middle of the road witch. I ain't watching nothing that has to do with witchcraft or magic. White sorcery. It was the magicians and the sorcerers withstood Moses. It was the same spirit withstood Baal, uh, withstood Elijah. 
same spirit withstood Philip in Samaria. Witchcraft. Because by that spirit of witchcraft, that man Simeon made himself out to be a great man of God, and everybody followed him and believed in him. To the real word of the Lord come. To the real God of miracles came. Y'all hearing me? The real God of miracles on the scene now. The God that's real, the God that's alive, the God that's making a difference. He on the scene now. But you just stop and think. I don't know if I read that scripture or not, but I thought I did in Joshua, where it says 40,000 armed to go to war went over Jordan from the children of Israel. Did you know what God told them? Build your houses, get everything prepared, get your family settled. He said, but you're going to go fight with these people to possess the kingdom. And you ain't coming back until they get their inheritance. Did you realize that men were gone 40 years? 40 years they forsook everything. Went done the word of the Lord. And they come back home and they could relax. They could rest in their inheritance. But I believe, I believe I'm right. I believe it's 40 years. They went over Jordan. You know, everybody talks about Moses being 120 years old and he died. How old y'all think Joshua was when he led the children of Israel over Jordan and helped them possess the promise for 40 years? Nobody ever talks about that. When they started going over to reap their inheritance, Caleb went to Joshua. He said, look, he said, I'm 85. He said, but at 85, he said, I'm just as able to have a sword, a spear, and a shield as I was at 40. 45 years later, he said, I'm just as fit, just as strong. He said, ready to go to war. That's God. It takes God to do that. Amen. But Joshua and Caleb have a different spirit. But see, nobody talks about how old Joshua was. Moses is 120. God didn't speak to him until he was 80. I told somebody the other day, I said, man, you don't know the Spirit of the Lord might fall on you. Well, I'm 85. I said, I don't care if Moses was 80 when God started using me. Was he not? I said, man, you lot be a hundred. Find yourself somewhere with a stab in your hand, holding it up, prophesying the word of the Lord. They just looked at me and said, well, whatever. <laughs> you can't let your age limit you. Amen. You can't let your age limit you. I appreciate the Spirit of the Lord today. I appreciate the Spirit of the Lord today. I keep telling y'all somewhere God's going to fill this house. Somebody going to hear this word. Somebody wants this word. They do. Somebody said, just don't know where to find it yet. Scales coming off people's eyes. Dullness coming out of their ears. Hardness coming off their hearts. They're going to come. Amen. Let's close our eyes. Father, I thank you for this word. Lord, bless this word. Sanctify it in our hearts. Let it take root downward and grow upward, Father. Let your name be honored, praised, and glorified. God, for what you're doing and what you're bringing forth. Lord, just be sure that the eyes of our understanding is enlightened to this revelation of the Christ and the bringing forth of your kingdom. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand what the Spirit is speaking to the church. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. I appreciate the Lord today. And we will be here praying tomorrow night. I'm going to tell you, if you've ever fought for the kingdom, it's time to fight for it. We got two of our sister churches right now. They don't know who's going to lead them, and it's got them all upset. But I know God's got the answer forward. 
Amen. So we can stand with them in prayer. They're going to be taking the month of August and fasting, praying, seeking God for God to give them leadership. We're going to be in prayer with them. We're going to seek God with them for God to give them direction. But the responsibility of those people being without leadership is a heavy load on me because I've preached them people for years. I love them and I'm going to fight for them. I'm going to fight for the foundation of this kingdom that was laid in those churches to be carried on because the enemy would love and I told y'all this two or three weeks ago when I come back I said the enemy would love to close them churches down and that's why their leader was still battling but now that their leader's gone there's some people going to fall away there's some people going to do things ain't right you hear me God's got it so let's hold fast to the faith let's hold fast to the faith Hallelujah. I'm going to go ahead and receive the offering. Y'all do what's right in the eyes of the Lord. I appreciate the way y'all helped us and stood with us on this trip. Really meant a lot to us. Thank you, Jesus. I appreciate the Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to stand and Come bring your offering, your tithe, whatever you got to give the Lord. Ones, whatever it is God's put in your heart to, to do. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to tell you, Lord's good to us. Amen. How many of y'all know God's good to us? God don't have to reveal this kingdom to us. You figure just church with half a dozen in it or a dozen, God revealing this kingdom, He don't have to do this. But I'm glad he does. I'm glad he does. Because I'm going to tell you, there's preachers running 10, 15, 20,000. Don't have this word in the working of this spirit. Amen. Don't have it at all. All hearts and minds clear. Everybody been obedient to the voice of the Lord. Let's close our eyes and let's ask God to bless. Father, I thank you for this, Lord. I thank you for these people. God, that's in here fighting to hold on to bring this kingdom forth. God, you let your word, the working of your spirit, the overshadowing of the Holy Ghost, you let it minister this word down in their hearts and down in their minds. You let your name be honored, glorified, and lifted up. We give you honor. We worship you. Lord, bless, sanctify this offering. Bless their obedience. Let your name be honored and lifted up. We give you honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. All hearts and minds clear. All right, we'll be praying tomorrow night. So God bless you. And if you can get here, we'll see you there.